The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, Heckma Harrison, and Newey Scruggs. By Tostitos, the official chip and dip of the Dallas Cowboys. And we're here at the Taj Mahal of football. You're rocking with the best. I'm Heckman Harrison. He is Danny McCray. And out in Oxnard, our guy with his ear to the street, uh, Mr. Newey Scruggs. Newey, how are you, sir? Hey, man, it's good. They got another practice today. More pads are going to be hitting, and uh, let's see what they do. And I'll be once again watching Kelvin Joseph to see what he is going to do in uh, pass coverage. Yeah, well, well, look, guys, as I always do when we get started, I, I guess this is the wrong time to check everybody's mental health. No, no, but no. is this a good time to check everybody's mental health? Yeah. I'll start with you, D-Mac. How are you, brother? Yeah, because you actually missed me yesterday. Bro. I, I mean, you missed me yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling good, man. You know, I'm just hanging in the camps are over with, so now I get to hang with the boys. I missed the first couple shows, yes, but I was back last uh, last show. Yeah. Now I'm back here again. Okay, two in a row. Two in a row. We so count. Attendance is good, Attendance but is we good, are baby. missing. We are missing Barry Church today. Barry is at the dentist. He is getting his diamond encrusted grill. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. He's at the dentist and he's going to miss the show. Uh, but as you alluded to, Nui, earlier, I want to make sure that I ask you about this because there's been some high praise coming from Oxnard about one Kelvin Joseph. And uh, he's been a favorite subject of the show, of course. But what did you think when you got that news, especially with, coming from Coach Harris and Coach Witt? All right, so I chatted with Al Harris and I had chatted with Joe Witt, and they both seemed to think that he was maturing and he was getting better. They're going to give this young man every opportunity to make this team and be a part of the Cowboys. And don't forget, he also is a special teamer, so he has an importance on this team. Now, he popped as a special teamer late in the season. For you, uh, Danny, what do you, what do you think about what's coming out of camp and everything that they're saying about him and his chances? Because he's in a dogfight right now. Yeah, listen, I, like, j just like yesterday when we talked about these guys that are on the bubble, I always say go be best friends with the special teams coach. And he has been able to, even though he hadn't played that well at cornerback, he's been able to make some, some very impactful plays and key plays on special teams that I think has allowed him to be able to still get those opportunities opportunities. Now, he's going to have to continue to do that. Right. He's going to continue to have to be a gunner on punt. He's going to continue to have to be a difference maker on kickoff team uh, for him to remain on his team and then continue to get those opportunities. The moment that he doesn't make those plays, that's the moment that you stop hearing about Kevin Joseph. Now, I am happy to hear that he's actually playing better and the coaches are still coaching him to have their eyes on him, giving him those opportunities to play on defense because what we know about coaches is the day they stop coaching you. Yeah. That's when they that's when they done with you. Okay, so it's it's good to hear that he's still a special teams guy and the defensive coaches coaching staff are still looking at him saying, "Hey, this guy's getting so, better. We're going to keep giving him more opportunities." And, and Newey, for you, obviously, so, with, you're so down Danny, there. What, you're, excuse what me. What you're saying is, if fa fans get tired of players, 
But coaches don't get tired of them. They're here to coach him. Al Harris is coaching him up. So fans can be frustrated about things. But at the end of the day, we still have to see preseason games from this young man. And he is going to get every opportunity to make this team. And in some ways, he's going to get every opportunity to fail. They are not done with him. Now, and, and Nui, you, listen, you, you actually called this Trayvon Diggs $100 million second contract, you know, a few years ago back when Nolan was here. And, and we kind of we laughed at you a little bit, me and Church did. So since you're so good at calling these contracts, what can you tell me about the possibility of my man Kelvin Joseph getting his second contract here with the Dallas Cowboys? As I just said, we got to see what he does in the preseason games. We got to see what everybody else does on this team. He is going to get, like I said, every opportunity to fail. So until we start to see the bullets flying and whatnot, look, he's he's going at this point in time. I put it like this: I think he'll make the team. When's the last time they cut a second-round pick before his rookie deal ended? So I can't think of one. I can't think of any either, but I, I tell you what, the bigger question is because you're down there uh, in Oxnard and you're able to see guys like Eric Scott Jr. and even Nation Wright, that competition uh, right now, how do you think that that's all uh, forming out, especially with what the coaches are saying, but what are the optics telling you? Say nope. again, Heckman. No, I was saying, what are your optics? What are the optics telling you, especially with Eric Scott Jr., uh, Deron Bland, Nation Wright, and guys like that also competing yeah. for playing time? Look, they love Nishan. You know, he, they love Nishan and, and Eric Wright as well. I mean, right now, when I just kind of forecast it, I think of Kelvin Joseph being one of their top five cornerbacks. And then Witt also said he's got him playing inside now. So they're trying to utilize him in several different ways. They've got a great DB room, one of the deepest DB rooms I think we can go back to since their Super Bowl years here. So once again, preseason pre games are going to tell us a whole lot about what they got going on. And let me ask you this, Danny. I mean, you, you know how many how many corners are they going to carry on the 53? Uh, man, listen, it, it, more than they did when we when I was playing. OK, uh, just because the game. What was that you know, number? I, I believe it was four, four safeties, five, five cornerbacks. OK, depending on practice squad. Okay. Um, and now they're passing the passing the ball a lot more. They have an extra game. So I can see them carrying seven, maybe eight, seven. but not okay. not on the 53. But you're going to have some guys on practice squad who will be here. And they will be more, more thought of as actually playing in the game versus just being those kind of experimental guys. Like we had a uh, Teddy Williams who had ne hadn't played football since he was in high school. Okay. Then they brought him as a, an uh, experimental guy on the practice squad. They won't have those guys on the practice squad because the guys who are holding those spots will be expected to play at some time during the season. And so, if you're just ranking those players right now, you're looking at uh, Gilmore, Diggs, Deron Bland. Mm -hmm. And Jordan Lewis mm -hmm. is going to be one of those. Now, C.J. Goodwin automatically. automatically. So that, I'm at five right there. And then you still have Nation Wright, Eric Scott, and then <laughs> Kelvin Joseph. So it may end up just being a numbers thing at the end of the day, Nui. It may. But and, and my big thing here, I just, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record. We've seen dudes be all Oxnard, right? They look oh. good out here practicing. Like, wow, look at this guy, look at this guy. Then it comes a preseason game, and it don't happen. Yeah. So let's see 
what translates to Jacksonville come August 12th. Yeah, and then, you know, I just want to piggyback off that a little bit about why you see so, sometimes, you see it all the time. Like, they always talk about the all Oxnard, the all camp guys, right, who go in there and they and they do everything they can during camp, and everybody comes out and says, man, he had a great camp. We're not sure why he had a, a rough season, right? What happens in camp is that you see the same stuff over and over mm -hmm. again against the same players over and over again. And sometimes you see the ones go through that same script that you were about to go through right after that, right? So the unpredictability is not there. The, the needing to know the adjustments as much is not there, right? A lot of times on the football field and, and when the loud bullets are flowing, you're probably going to see that once. You saw it one time uh, when you were, were practicing, maybe on film, and now it's going to come up and you have to be able to execute against that play. That's not how it is at training camp. Right. So that's why sometimes you see guys like I said yesterday, I'm going to take advantage of if a person in front of me made a mistake, when I get out there, I know that same route with the same motion is coming. I'm not making that mistake. You don't get to see that when you're out there, you know, in live bullets going against Aaron Rodgers mm -hmm. or against a Jalen Hurts or any of those other guys that we'll be seeing this season. So basically what you're saying is you won't know the answers on the test when they come down to those preseason games. But, Nui, i got to talk to you about uh, one Zach Martin here in this first segment because we're a week into camp and Zach is still not in Oxnard. And it's beginning to be a problem. And uh, I know that you've gotten – there's been some interviews with Jerry Jones. And, man, just what is your assessment of what's going on right now uh, with the leverage that the team is exercising? All right, the, the team's stance is simply this. They have the leverage. Zach Martin doesn't have any leverage at all, so he needs to come to camp. Jerry has a plan about how he wants to go about paying guys. You saw it with Diggs. Lamb is up next. Dak Prescott's numbers got to get reduced. Micah Parsons is coming up. Trying to adjust or do anything more to add to Zach Martin's contract in his mind, is going to disrupt what he wants to do. He's not trying to pay Zach Martin. I, I think, I think as, as we list those names, we also forget to, to imagine what happens if Tony Parler comes out here and has a 16, 1,700-yard season. Right. What, what do you do then, right? So you can continue to just add people who have to get paid onto this list before a Zach Martin does. So unfortunately for him, the team does have the leverage, and Jerry Jones said, you know, there's, there, there are ramifications for if you don't, right. if you decide you don't want to show up or play uh, play during the season. So I guess we'll just have to see, you know, how how willing uh, my man Zach Martin is to say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this stance, and, and this is where I'm at. And guys, I don't mean to play the devil's hey, advocate in this situation, but Josh Ball is a three-year project of the Dallas Cowboys, 6'8", 304 pounds. He could be potentially your starting right guard. Mm -hmm. That doesn't bother you in the least when you talk about a potential holdout going into the season with Zach Martin if you don't get this resolved. I mean, come on. Nui knows yeah, how I feel Jerry about Jones this, okay? How, they, you say, they, Nui? they did it, but at the same time, they're willing to go in to the Giants game without Zach Norton if he wants to continue to hold out. Listen, it, the offensive line is going to be continue to be an issue. <laughs> so that just stacks on another issue that we have with the offensive line. But a guy like Zach, Mar Zach Martin, who is a vet here, for him to say that he wants to miss games, that is totally different than him not showing up to training camp. So I think the ownership and his coaches are still expecting him to show up sometime before the first game.
Look, I guess I'm, what, what baffles me in this situation is we've already seen those seasons where our offensive line hadn't been that productive because of the musical chairs, guys getting hurt. Here you have a healthy Zach Martin who the, the franchise has played, paid early and often, but you can look at the numbers and see that he is what the seventh highest offensive line in the league right now if that's true and he is willing to hold out it does not bode well for the Cowboys if he if he takes that stance we play the first game against the the Giants who has a formidable defensive line uh, Thibodeau guys like that I mean they have some pressure that they and then the second game at home versus the Jets one Quinn Williams Come on now. There's something about this. When we talk about leverage for the Cowboys, and they have all the leverage, if you start the season without Zach Martin, you thought that the, the offense had some struggles last season. There's even going to be more this season without Zach Martin. Well, listen, you wear it this way. You can't, you can't pay the big bazooka, and you can't pay a C.D. Lamb what, what they want to get paid because of a Zach Martin. You know, like, you have to weigh your future versus this poss possible one season to me, right? Like right. you said, there's a there's a list of people who have to get paid. And in his, Jerry's mind, it sounds like he's saying, if I make this move and give in to what Zach Martin is asking me to do, when it comes time for me to offer whatever it is to CeeDee Lamb and uh, Michael Parsons, right. I'm not going to have enough to be able to do that, then I think Jerry has a great argument for, like, I don't, you know, I'm, we're going to hold off on that. You love the big bazooka. What are you saying? You gonna you want Zach Martin to take some out of his pocket? No, I, what I what I'm go ahead, uh, Nui. When you when you start saying to yourself, what what can I not live without? And that's what Jerry Sock is. He, he did not want to live without having Ditch. He does not want to live without having a CD Lane. He knows he can't come in and carry Dak Prescott at fifty eight million dollars in the next year. He knows he's got he's, he's got these are playmakers. And Mike Parks is playmaker. So if you add your your whole list here, the, the, those four guys who are important to your team the most, Zach Martin, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Mike Parsons, you probably say that Parsons, the quarterback, and the receiver are going to be more important to you than your right guard. As great as the right guard is with the Hall of Fame resume, he's not right now. They are their stances. We're not going to redo you. We have paid you. When you got the deal, you got the top of the market deal. You've been well paid. They're not trying to redo his contract with two years left. They just don't want to do it. You know, I, I mean, and Nua, your, your microphone has, I believe, it slipped down a little bit. Um, but I agree with you. I, I, I understand that there, especially in the salary cap era, that there's only so much money to go around. But when I look at Michael Parsons' contract, he still has to, he still has two more years left on his contract. CD is a lot more pressing. I do understand that. And, and obviously, you don't want to be in an out-cap you situation with your star wide receiver who could have a monster year uh, this season. But I have a problem with the thought process that we can actually get this done without Zach Martin. I mean, the, the leverage is on both sides for me. Uh, and that's, that's basically what, what, I'm, <laughs> what I'm arguing right now, Daddy, uh, because I don't think we have any success. But, but Nui, I got to ask you about one more player, man, before we uh, get done with this first segment Michael Gallup Michael Gallup uh, has had a pretty strong camp up until this point man we're seeing him make catches down there and what's the feel that you're getting not only from the organization but just from what you're seeing from Michael Gallup down there we could see the best Michael Gallup we've seen in his time with the Cowboys I also look at it as 
group stays healthy with this team. And you're very, and then you talked about it, you know, safety's got to have to, you know, respect the foot's speed. CD Lamb is CD Lamb. So Michael Gallup should be receiving a lot of safety coverage. And if he does, this kid should have a really good footing. I hope I got as much as that. Yeah, I, no, no. I, listen, what we expect to see out of Michael Gallup this season is to be better coming out of the break. Right. Really, I think that was the number one thing against Michael Gallup because as a defender, if you know a guy cannot get out of his breaks, then you can sit on all his routes, right? You know, so you say, man, I'm not going to let this guy run deep on me. I know he can't run a comeback. Uh, I know he's having a hard time running slants and uh, curl routes. So those are the routes where I'm going to make my money at. If you watch the film from last year of, of players playing against Michael Gallup, that's what they did. They got out of the break faster than he did and even got a couple interceptions off of him, uh, off balls that Dak threw to him because they were able to get out of that break or they saw him having a hard time getting out of that break. That one extra step that it took him to get out of it because he was coming off that injury and he wasn't 100%. Yeah, that's my question. That's where that's where I think this year it'll be a little different. I hope it's different because if it's not, then it's going to be there's going to be a problem. Man, I, um, Coach Mike McCarthy did an interview uh, today, 105.3 The Fan and another radio station, but it, he was probably as insightful as I've ever heard Coach Mike McCarthy be, just talking about the offense and just the route concepts and the difference between last year's offense and this year's offense. He kind of alluded to exactly what you're talking about right there as far as the way that defenses obviously align themselves to take away any vertical threat from the offense. And when you bring in a guy like Brandon Carr, he knows that the pressure's gonna be on to, because he, he's, a, he's a vertical guy. Cooks, yeah, yeah. yeah, excuse me. Shout out to B. Carr. <laughs> Brandon <laughs> Cooks. He brings in Brandon Cooks, a guy that, that can definitely get vertical um, in, in this offense. But when I hear him talk about that, and especially knowing that this is gonna be essentially a West Coast offense, don't you think that those quicker pass concepts probably bowls better for a guy like, like, like Gallup? Uh, yeah, as long as, you know, a, a quick slant here. I, like I said, the issue that he had was, hey, five-step drop, come back. Five-step drop, curl, right? And he's trying to push the, uh, the cornerback to make them think that he's going deep. And when he's not able to sell that, the cornerback's like, oh, I know exactly what's going on here. <laughs> And they're able to break down and get out of that route. So, yes, I think, one, that getting the ball out of, out of his hands quicker is going to bode well for the entire offense, all right? And especially a guy like Michael Gallup until you need to get those deep, uh, those deep balls, which I hope we see the return of Michael Gallup there because when he – the year before he got paid, that – is what I thought was a bright spot for him. Like, he's going to get paid because he is our 50-50 uh, ball guy. He's going to be able to go down the field, and no matter what happens, he's going to have an opportunity to catch it if Dak puts it up there. And hopefully we see that again from Michael Gallup. Well, I tell you what, man, the national media has been fishing for a Dak story, and we've been getting a few Dak stories, whether it be uh, counting his interceptions or what's going on with Trayvon Diggs and Dak. Man, the media is blowing up right now. When we come back next, we'll talk all about it. It's some hateration brewing here in the locker room out in Oxnard. Coming up next on the Players' Lounge. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. 
I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. These smoothie bowls start with acai and pitaya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the Players' Lounge. Back in action here on the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Tostitos, Danny McCray, I'm Hegma Harrison, and Nui Scruggs joining us out in Oxnard. Uh, the Star Magazine Training Camp Preview, the official 2023 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine Training Camp Preview is now available. This year's edition featuring scouting reports, position analysis, a pullout schedule poster, and articles from your favorite Cowboy writers. Get your Training Camp Preview today at DallasCowboys.com star guys look you have to be deaf dumb and blind to have not seen all of the media attention that Trayvon Diggs and Dak are getting and I and look I don't want to call no names Shady McCoy but there's some guys out there that are saying some things that I just believe are reckless uh, in the media about something just as small as two guys jawing at each other. Now, I know you from Houston, Texas. I can't even get halfway in the studio without <laughs> you saying something to me. Uh, but, but as a player, when you played, is this something that's just common that you do? Or is this, uh, oh, my God, is you, you look at this as Trayvon Diggs losing respect for that. If, if you want to have a great team, this should happen all the time. You should have your best players caring about an, a, a moment so much that it gets that chippy. Because then it inspires the next person who should have Dax back right. to say, you know what? I'm going to go out here and show these dudes that I got my quarterback back. And the same thing with Trayvon Diggs. Now Michael Parsons should be amped up saying, oh, wait, where are we going with this? Yeah. All right, now it's defense versus offense for real. Mm -hmm. And that's when you get some of your best reps, right? When everybody's going full tilt, everybody's trying to get better, and it remains respectful enough to where they ain't, they're not throwing blows, all right? right. You see Travis Kelsey out there. Throwing he throwing blows. <laughs> and Andy Reid got to come out and say he don't like that versus like, hey, we having some, some really good, strong competition, and football is a physical sport. You're going to have some of that sometimes. And if you don't, that's when you should be worried. And we haven't, we, haven't, we haven't actually seen that from the Cowboys in a long time. I can't remember a situation like that. It used to be a lot worse with Dez and then whoever. But that's when you had guys on there who were hungry. And they yeah. were like, I don't care. I'm going to challenge you, but it's going right. to stay out here right. on the field. Nui, you saw it. Here's, here's something that I would say. 
Shady McCoy, and I never watched the show. I bet I never watched the show, but they do that show in Los Angeles. We're a short drive up from that show. If he had wanted to see or understand anything, he could come up here and do it. Ryan Clark has been here at camp. He's seen what's going on here. I tweeted about Dan Orlovsky. Once again, another, something else, another guy I don't watch. I'm like, hey, come to camp. Ask Mike McCarthy questions. Come ask Dak questions. Tad will bring them to you. Jarrett Bell came up here from USA Today. He got one-on-one -on -one time with Jory Epstein from uh, Yahoo Sports came up here. They gave them one-on-one -on -one time. So if these guys who are saying this stuff so passionately wanted to actually understand what's going on, they could see it and have conversations with the guys about it. And LaShawn McCoy is making this, that, that's his whole MO at this point. Right. Clickbait. What, what, yeah, whatever, whatever you can say that sounds the most ridiculous, right? And then, like I said, what happens? We come on here and say, well, Shady McCoy was saying Absolutely. You know, XYZ. I, I honestly don't believe that he believes some of the stuff that he's saying, but you know it's working as far as getting clicks and getting a little notoriety for saying whatever yeah. it is. I remember Paul Pierce going through the same thing. Everybody's like, oh, Paul Pierce saying something crazy again, right? And it was that's the only reason you know Paul Pierce. Nobody was listening to him for his basketball uh, input or knowledge. They was listening to him to see what crazy thing was he going to say next. And I think a lot of times that's what happens, especially on that show specifically, I, you know, I, or, or Vlaski, he's on over Ryan Clark. I do watch them sometimes. I think he has he has a little bit more. He's a little bit more insightful than what Shady McCoy offers. And Nui, the back and forth between the Look, offense it, it, and the defense it, it, has been on full tilt and display. And I think that was a mojo moment for the offense to be in the red zone. And they went five for five. And so that's the competitive competitiveness that I think that you're asking for, that the team has that. And that going back and forth is it's just the nature of sports. It should be. <laughs> it should be. If you if you're on this, one of those great this teams. Camp, so, so far, I feel like this camp is going the way they wanted to go. It's just interesting that so many people are paying attention to national folks who are not here versus consuming things from the writers here at DallasCowboys.com radio or Todd Archer over ESPN, Clarence Hill, Star Telegram, uh, David Moore, the Dallas Morning News, and, and Calvin Watkins are watching what I'm doing on Channel 5. And, you know, there's, there's plenty of people who, who do this that are telling you what's going on, but people want to listen to folks who are nowhere near this place. Yeah, so clickbait, like you said. Right? <laughs> definite, definite clickbait. But, but Nui, I got to ask you something specific, too. Right? Since we're talking about the media, the media were at, were at the Jerry Jones party at Nobu, and I'm sure you drank all of the Shirley Temples that you could get your hands <laughs> on. But tell me about that, man. Was it a good time for you as a media member? What is it like uh, to be in the presence of all of your, your colleagues? It's my third time going to it. I'm not a sushi person at all. It was always first class. The, the view was fantastic. So it was it was good. Got some good one-on-one -on -one conversation with the boss. And yeah, it was worth it. And I saw D.L. Hughley on the way out. You know, another Mega Sci-Fi member here. So it was good. <laughs> did, did you have some sushi? I did. Okay, all right. He had, he had, a, he had, a, he had a little piece. All right. I, I can't trust your palate because you don't like Papadol, so. So we can we can move on for that. Knew he has no no input on the uh, on the food. Yeah, that's right. He knows it. He knows. It. I mean, he goes. Oh, only guy goes to Nobu and doesn't enjoy. Yeah, like all like sushi. But I had some. Was it good? Hey, look, man. 
Uh, you're not turning down free food, and I hear it's very expensive. So I once a year I partake in it now, and and so I went and had it, and, and you know I would never go there myself, but hey, Jerry Jones wants to have a party there. I, I, I'm going. <laughs> and, and, and Nui, before we let you go, man, but just fishing for storylines, just on your own, what you've seen, who is the guy that you, a name that you can give us, maybe an underdog or underrated guy that you could point to that you can say, hey, this guy has been having a great camp. Brooks, the receiver from South Carolina, and I, I measure that with let's see what happens in preseason games. And right now we know management likes him, but let's see what happens when when Jacksonville comes to town. I, I think I think my only question is uh, it's going to continue to be this all camp. What does Mozzie Smith look like? Because we continue to say this. He, two, he looks he looks like a rookie right now. Looks like, okay. And, and that's not a bad thing. It's just he just looks like a rookie right now. It, has he had any 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 splash moments where you say all right that's th that that's why we got him here or is he just really in that learning phase right now of how to practice, how to be a professional, and then learning the difference between college and the NFL. He's right there, the, set, the latter part of what you said. He's gotcha. learning. He's learning. Okay. Uh, I need. I got to see something, man, because that's San Francisco. I still got nightmares two years in a row. <laughs> San Francisco <laughs> and our ability not to stop the running. Get some of these teams that come in here and want to run the ball. So I need. I need. I need you one time to come on the show and be like, you know what? I saw. I saw what I needed to see out of Mozzie, and I think we're okay. Yeah, you know, I sit with Nate Newton to practices, and, and Nate is right over here behind me. So when I get done with this, I'm going to go right over there, sit with Nate, and, and get his perspective on it. But uh, right now, there's, there's, there's still he, – he's a young pup. He's a young pup, so. Well, well Nui, man, we're going to let you do your thing because I know practice is going on. But, man, I, when we return, we're going to talk about a position room that I know has Danny McCray's uh, – has all of his attention, and that's the tight end room coming up next <laughs> on the Players' Lounge. Hi, I'm Danny McCray, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. These smoothie bowls start with acai and pitaya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel? Attend the best tailgate party in Texas? 
Tour the Star and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls, with Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the Players' Lounge. And we're back for the final segment of the Players' Lounge here at the Star in Frisco. Danny McCray is at the desk. I'm Heckman Harrison. Barry Church had a dental appointment. That's what I call it. It's going to be a dental appointment. We had Newey Shrugs on giving us the blow-by-blow, play-by-play of everything that was going on down in Oxnard. And I wanted to wrap this up, man, by talking about a position group that I think that we've had a lot of uh, questions over. And the question has always been, obviously, with Dalton Schultz last year being tagged, you know, what were we going to what were we going to get from that group, especially with young guys like Ferguson and Hendershot? Uh, now that they've moved on from Dalton Schultz, there is a lot of uh, responsibility now being put on that position group, especially those two uh, second year players. But what does the Dallas Cowboys do uh, last season? They go into the first round and excuse me, second round, and they go and get a tight end themselves in Luke Schoonmaker and a Michigan man, eh? A Michigan man, but also I think everybody was a little surprised by the pick uh, and may have thought that there would be a tight end picked in the first round, but even all of that talk surprised me because I thought that this uh, organization really had more faith in Jake Ferguson uh, than they did. When you think about that position room, do you think of it being competitive right now or do you think they're just waiting on, on uh, Luke to come back from injury? Uh, man, when I, first of all, you know, in the first round I was hoping we went offensive line. Right. Um, I know some people thought we were going to go tight end, which is fair. But when you lose a guy like Dalton Schultz, who was a big part of your offense, was he the second leading receiver yes. on the squad last yes. season? Yes. In the season before he was the leading receiver yes. on the squad? So when you look <laughs> yes. at uh, losing a, a guy like that and how much of the offense he accounted for, you got to find a way to make a significant pick or in, in the draft or free agency to make sure that you make up for that. And I think that's what they saw. In that uh, meeting room right now, though, I believe as far as the two young guys that they have there, uh, Ferguson and Hendershot, I think they are auditioning for that second pass-catching role uh, at this this moment because I think Schumacher is there. They said we're going to run the ball more. You go get you a guy who went to Michigan who they – specialized in running the football. That's what they did uh, mostly. And he was a big part of that, being able to block and hold the edge on some of those. And in some cases, play fullback, which we don't have a fullback. (laughs) So I think he's going to be that versatile guy that they're waiting to get in. uh, And he's going to be a plug-and-play guy as soon as he's healthy and on the field. And then either Hendershot or Ferguson is going to be, hey, when we we playing 12 personnel with two tight ends, Who's going to be the blocking guy? And then we need that guy to go out and be able to run uh, run those routes. And I think you saw some of that last season, uh, you know, outside of uh, Dalton Schultz. They did make a few plays. Uh, you saw that they were able to get out there, stretch the field a little bit, have some yards after catch when they got out there. So the potential was there, but not there enough for them to say, you know, we're not going to go pick this uh, tight end up in the second round. I think Man. he's going to get 90% of the snaps, and the other guys will be kind of – you know, they're, they're going to get in where they fit in. Right. And I think last year when I saw Jake Ferguson, I was in awe of his run, ability to run after the catch. I thought that that made the big difference between him and Schultz. It just, especially in the, you know, things in the, that he did in the red zone. But when you just circle and underline blocking and saying that maybe that Luke Shoemaker's strength is going to be his ability to block versus 
catch the ball. And maybe these guys, Jake Ferguson and Hendershot, will be then inserted into the offense to fulfill that part of it. I didn't see that they were that – I mean, were they that bad at blocking that, that you would have to come – you'd have to bring in a guy like Schoonmaker to say that, look, he's going to be our day one guy because he just does this so much better well, than our other guys. Well, I, I think it's one is, – is he that much better at blocking than they are not – or are they that bad? I don't think, okay. I don't think they were necessarily bad blockers. I also think when you say that you're going to have a more of a run-based offense, having two really good tight ends is the way to go, right? So if you have two guys who you can stretch out, run the seams, and both, both of those guys can get yards after catch, then to me that's a lot better than having to run 11 personnel out there, which is three receivers, and telling everybody that you're about to run the ball and allowing the defense to then put nickel out there with three defensive backs. If you can force a team to have to defend out of their base coverage, then – you got a winning formula. I mean, it goes back to, I think, uh, New England when they had um, Hernandez yeah. and uh, Gronk, right? Yeah. So they'll force you to stay out there in your base defense, and then they will let Gronk and uh, Hernandez route you up like receivers. Uh, I think if you have the opportunity to do that here, especially with Dak loving his tight ends, and actually the Cowboys have always been that way, right? Yeah, absolutely. With, uh, with, then you got Dak with Schultz, yeah. you got Dak with Witten. You give him his number one guy, his uh, security blanket, who I think Schumacher will be. I like it for Dak. I like that for him being able to protect the ball more. Uh, that gives him an option for when he gets in trouble, and it helps you blocking, uh, you know, because we already don't know what the offense is like, <laughs> right. like anyway. So, we don't. Schumacher might be playing – I mean, Schumacher <laughs> may be playing right guard. Hey, <laughs> Here's the thing, man. We're going to go 12 personnel for the whole game. It's going to be four quarters of 12 personnel. But that's an interesting conversation about the tight end room, and I want to see how that's going to uh, play out, especially during camp. Okay, so we've talked about the cornerback position. We talked about the guys that were on the bubble. I think that the last thing that I, I want to just put your feet to the fire on, especially now that we have a guy like Jalen Brooks that we know in the wide receiver position is putting uh, some, some pressure. Uh, <laughs> he's putting some pressure. I, I read some good things about Jalen Tolbert, though. Okay. I read some good things about him, that he's, he's looking a lot better, he look, he's looking more professional, and he's taking advantage of the reps that he's getting. Simi Fajoko. The only thing I saw about Simi Fajoko was he dropped that pass that Dak, uh, that Dak ended up being uh, – it counted as an interception against Dak, but it was really a drop pass for interception. I've been seeing things about Jalen Tolbert, and I'm more focused on him because of all that happened last season and then all that he did in the, pre in the off season, where he said, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm hanging out with Dak. I'm going to make sure I'm at all those uh, – everything that Dak has where he's working with his receivers – I'm going to be there. I'm going to be uh, around uh, Cooks. I'm going to be around CeeDee Lamb to learn how to be a professional because he was aware of what he did wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So when you see that and you hear him say that and then the news that comes out of training camp is, oh, he looks a lot better, he looks a lot more focused, then I have high expectations for him because we believe that he was going to be a certain player last year when he got in and he knows what he did wrong. So now I expect to see that player that we had all hoped to see. So no, they're putting pressure, but I think he's going to get – Number one in, in those opportunities, he's going like I said, he's going to have to lose that position on his own. Yeah, so every pass, I got it. The wrong routes, that type yeah. of stuff. Versus, yeah, another guy's just playing better than him. If they're playing close, Jalen Tolbert is going to be the guy who they're going to give the shot to. And, and given every opportunity to every, fail uh, or, <laughs> or, or succeed, succeed. <laughs> or succeed, but it's going to be up to him uh, to make that happen. And not only him, but Jalen Moreno Cooper is another uh, a player that you're hearing a lot from. Dennis Houston is back, a guy that's been fighting and. Staying on the 53, getting cut and coming back 
and, and he's also uh, in the mix as well. Kevontae Turpin, I talked about him, and you quoted me, you, you air quoted Amen. me on Kevontae Turpin, but it's Turpin time, and he's a guy that's edging out a role that people have been looking for. We bought in some guys last season to try and stretch the field, but we've always had Kevontae Turpin, so things are heating up down there in Oxnard. We, we got a lot of guys stretching the field, okay? We, we got a lot. All right, before, you, Everybody. before you put Kevontae Turpin out there, you already got Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup. Okay, how many guys do you – you need some guys to run those intermediate routes, all right? And I don't see – you know, no offense to him, I just don't see him being the guy who you're saying is going to be the Cole Beasley type of guy, right? right? That is a that is a one special type of talent, right? So then you're going to put C.D. Lamb in there. You're not putting uh, Kevontae Turbin at number one right. and telling him to run a go route. Not not on a consistent basis, so that's why I think you have a you have a slight issue with where do you put him. I think that's why I think he's going to be you know strictly a gadget guy because Ceedee Lamb is going to be the guy in there. When we when you want a slot or inside intermediate route ran, they're going to put Ceedee Lamb in there because he is probably most equipped to get open in those spaces. But the battle for the WR four wages <laughs> on because we will find out, especially through these preseason games, who is going to capture that spot. Man, uh, Mister, it's a lot going on in the show. We had a lot. We had a day, man. We, we had a day. day. We had a day, but we got through it. Uh, BC, you missed one. We did it for you. Hey, we'll be back on. I do believe it's Monday, Monday next week. The Players Lounge will be back on at one o'clock. A lot of action happening. Make sure that you dial in to DallasCowboys.com for all the podcasts, or all the news, everything from Oxnard coming to you. Man, this is it. Ain't doing anything but getting better. And you know what? Football starts tonight with the <laughs> Hall of Fame game. is back on, baby. But for my man Danny McCray, for Newish Scruggs out in Oxnard, and for Barry Church at the dentist, man, I'm Hector Harrison. Thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of the Players Lounge. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?